Hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. You're tuned in listening to United to the Moose, WWVU FM, Morgantown, 91.7 FM. This is the Cinematic Odyssey. I'm your host, alongside with the other host. Um, I'm Hi. Tristan Rodriguez. <laughs> oh. Hi, I'm Max. Max. Yes, you already know our names. Why do I always do that? I don't know. Anyways, we are talking about a wonderful film, um... One of the best of the 2010s, uh, that is Barry Jenkins' Moonlight, came out in 2016, a film that surprisingly won Best Picture uh, that year at the Oscars, you know, because the uh, Academy voters always get it wrong, but they didn't get it wrong that year, uh, shocker, although they they kind of, they screwed up they, something They else. messed it up big time, yeah, the, the announcement, or the... the delivery yeah. or whatever they screwed up something else in the process <laughs> <laughs> the whole envelope thing yeah that was that was dumb anyways yeah man this is my second time watching the film i saw it in 2018 2017 it's it's been a while it's been a long time since i've seen this i i liked it the second time around way more than i did the first time um the themes were way more clearer to me this this second viewing because you know I I understand more of the context of what uh, the main character Chiron uh, deals with and has to deal with in his experience in his life. I mean, when I saw it for the first time, I I got like, okay, yeah, he he's had he's had a you know not many people around him love like his mother. Like his mother was abusive. I got that part, you know. And like he was, he was gay, and he was constantly discriminated against, like bullied by a bunch of people. There was only one friend that he really had that kind of understood him. But even then, he kind of his friend betrayed betrayed him, right? Uh, yeah. So he can showcase that he's tough, right? Uh, I got all that when I saw it the first time, but the second time around, I I I saw more of the uh, nuanced subtleties of you know the th- the obvious things that he's dealing with like from behind behind the s- or below the surface rather um with toxic ma- masculinity within uh the black american community um and like having to pose as this hard guy you know who's tough and you see his mentor who's played by Mahershala Ali who's fantastic performance for the short amount of screen time that he was on yeah uh, very, very powerful screen presence that he had. Um, and then, like, how this, you know, the cycle of abuse kind of plays into that and how, like, you know, with when it comes to the profession that um, his, like, father figure had and that he eventually fell into, was it's not as black and white as many people would like to say. No, you know it's not like, oh, uh, I'm I'm a drug dealer because I want to be. Yeah, like no, there's obviously things that occur because you can you know there's a scene near the beginning when uh, Juan is his name or Herschel Ali's character. He he's having a hard discussion with um, Chiron when he was a kid. And he kind of he breaks down when Chiron asks him, "Do you sell drugs?" Because he's ashamed. Yeah, I think. yeah, that's what I get out of that. Because he knows what he's doing is wrong, I think. But it's I think it's also one of the only ways to make money. 
mm-hmm. like going in we look at i look at yeah. this as a very it's not documentarian but it's very naturalistic fiction something that looks closely at you know it, it considers socioeconomic status things yeah. like that yeah. in the plot and says okay if this were to happen this is what happens with um people in that you know we uh, look at the cycle of the abuse uh, the 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 track of addiction that um Chiron's mother goes through um again the circle of drug dealing okay the only the only way to stay ahead of the curve is to deal drugs which is then illegal which then gets you thrown in prison within which then separates you from your family which leads to a broken home which then leads to some more abuse and then you grow up knowing that and then it repeats and uh you get to see that over and over and over again and I, I, it kind of just kept flashing through my head, like there isn't, there doesn't seem to be an escape without some divine, grand no help. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Continue, continue. No, I was gonna say, like, I going into this film, I was nervous, mm. and I was nervous because I wasn't sure what I would be able to take away from it, because I'm, I'm going in thinking this is going to be much more documentary style, a little bit more nonfiction and just sort of looking at the lives in, of the black community, you know, in Florida or in a ghetto or in the, uh, neighborhoods that this is set in. Like I, I was concerned that I wouldn't be able to get anything out of it. Mm. And I'm very pleased to say that I was wrong. I, mm. uh, you, I can. And I, 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 I liken this to, my, you know, I, I I said in my in my review on Letterboxd that this is most likely going to make my top five or top ten films of, of the, the year of the year that I've seen this year, mm-hmm. like in all likelihood. Now it reminds me of my favorite musical that oh, exists. Okay. Now my favorite musical is something by William Finn, and it's called Falsettos. Mm-hmm. So it's set in late seventies, early eighties New York. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, onset of the AIDS epidemic, and this man named Marvin leaves his wife and his son. They're all they're all Jewish in this uh, show, and he leaves to go off with his uh, boyfriend. And so he's like, okay, there. He's balancing the idea of, okay, I want this tight knit family. I want my boyfriend, and I want my wife, and I want my son all here mm-hmm. under one roof, so I can, you know, be the big man, and everyone can look up to me. And that's not what happens. Wife marries his psychiatrist. He breaks up with the boyfriend. A mm. lot happens. Um, and so the, the first act, it centers around just Marvin. Really, every male character in that show acts like a child. <laughs> and that's the point. Because um, that's the show stretches beyond, oh, the gay Jewish community. It's not a show for the gay Jewish community. It's a show for men. Because it's about... Growing up, getting older, becoming a man, right? And every 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 male character, which is four out of seven, have an arc and they improve and they grow and mature mm. throughout the show. And like it, it's it sounds like super specific. Okay, okay, homosexuality in the nineteen uh, seventies New York Jewish community. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not a part of that community. (laughs) So (laughs) you go in thinking, okay, 
all right, we'll see this story, but like mm. I'm not going to be able to take anything away from it. Right. Go into here. Okay, this is... I mean, it spans, what, probably late 90s to oh, this? 2000s? Yeah. Oh, Moonlight? Yeah. Yeah, like 90s to present day, probably. Yeah. Thinking, okay, in the Florida black community and Atlanta yeah. black community. Yeah. Um, Miami, specifically. Yes. Uh... I'm not from Florida. Neither am I. I'm not from Atlanta. Neither am I. I'm not black. <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> so, like, I'm, I, I'm going in again. okay, am I going to be able to get something out of this? And I did. Which I, I, I think is a testament to how well it was written, how well it was directed, how well it was mm-hmm. produced. Because a good film could put pick university... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to really try to get that word right. <laughs> Universally? Universal. Uh, yeah, that one. It's. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to say it right now. <laughs> I just, it, it, it picks it out really, really well. And we're able to flesh this out. We don't have to be black. We don't have to be gay to get something out of no. this film. Yeah, of course not. And I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, very happy about that because it does it so well. Now I I had a question for you. Okay. Yeah. Like, what did you? What after you watched it the first time? Mm. What did you think? Did you think it was? I thought no. I thought it was good. I mean, I I give it a four out of five uh, initially. I would rate it a five out of five now. Um. I guess I was. I mean, I was more. I was more so focused on like the style of Barry Jenkins' filmmaking. And his, uh, you know, his direction and whatnot. I thought that was extremely impressive at the time. And it still is to this day. But um, I didn't really resonate too much with what was happening to the character. Um, I mean, I don't to this day. I don't really relate to his problem. I mean, I'm not black. I'm not gay. I don't I don't really. And I wasn't growing up. I didn't grow up in a um, in in the way that he did, I, you know with his mom being abusive and whatnot and like having to, you know, he doesn't have a father figure or whatever. I don't, I didn't have those, uh, uh, those inequities when I was growing up. Right. So I didn't really relate to the character as a whole, but I think, I think then I just didn't understand the themes as well as I do today. And I think that's what made me appreciate it way more this time around. Um, and, and like it way more uh, as well. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, now knowing, I mean, even back then, um, like, I, I'm a big hip-hop head, um, so especially with, like, old-school stuff from the 90s, like, East Coast hip-hop, m- there, the homophobia within um, uh, the black uh, American communities as far as I know, I mean, again, I'm no expert, but I I know that it is a problem. And I know homophobia was like, it's like a big thing within that, that genre of music that I listen to. Um, and obviously that, that is very prevalent in this film with what Chiron has to deal with. Um, and it's, it's a great deconstruction of that. I think like, unmasking okay why 
this toxic masculinity, uh, this front essentially that they all put up, right? Yeah. Um, to, you know, h- hide away from being vulnerable with one another, hide away from loving one another, and, and just breeding this hate amongst one another for no reason. There's no good reason to. Like the yeah. the bully that that Chiron had to deal with in high school, right? Yeah. And, um. And like the the kind of ten, like violent tension that was between the two of them in high school versus you know as we're seeing right now when they were kids, uh, they were just kind of play fighting. It wasn't really anything. It, it seemed kind of innocent. But you're trying to tackle somebody. You're, you've got that sort of mentality of you need physical strength. Yeah. Not, not just emotional strength. Not mm-hmm. just like. Uh, power of will, but physical strength. Yeah, it's like it's like this is this is how we show that we're a man, so to speak. It's not about being a uh, a vulnerable person, a human being, so to speak. It's kind of take it's it's kind of like stripping that away. Yeah. Um. And Chiron and, and his friend Kevin were like the only two um, kids that had that humanity within them. Right to step away from the toxic masculinity. However, you know, Chiron ultimately falls to that when he's an adult. As you see, he's a drug dealer. He's basically doing the same things that um, Juan did when he was a kid. Um, which is which you know Kevin finds to be troubling, and yeah. he's very shocked that he he is a drug dealer because it's like that's not who you are. Yeah. I mean, you want to, you want to, I can get into this a little bit more too. You've got Chiron in high school because we go through three phases of Chiron's life as he's growing up. And it's what he's called by the people Mm -hmm. that are around him. The first bit is little. Little. So he's little. uh, He's young. He's probably like 10 grade school. Yeah. Then the second one is Chiron, which is high school age, um, 16, 17. And then the third bit is black, and mm-hmm. he's an adult. He's probably close to thirty. Yep. Um, but the the difference between parts two and three, between Chiron and Black. Chiron in high school is tall, skinny, gangly. He does not exude that masculine figure he is not he's he's he doesn't look strong he doesn't seem strong and he gets picked on and again part of that is because you know everybody is calling him gay Mm -hmm. dropping f slurs all over left and right um i mean he's got to basically prove that he is stronger but he won't do it because he doesn't fight he's not that kind of person Yeah, yeah yeah um and he's also trying to suppress his his uh, sexuality too. Yes. You know, by proving that he's a man, he is not gay. He's straight. Which I mean, you can't. He can't change that because he isn't. Yeah. You know. And then we we go to black. He is near thirty, and he is buff as all hell. He's worked out regularly. I mean, there there are shots of him putting that effort in. As a as a near thirty year old. He's got muscles for days. Yeah. One of those picturesque, strong, visually strong Mm -hmm. people. Massive biceps, jacked shoulders, 
you know, uh, shaved head. No, it's no, shaved. no, it's not, not. It's not buzzed. Okay. No, no, he has. It's short. No, but... it's very short. Okay. He wears a do rag to get waves. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. Not completely shaved. You're right. Um. But uh. He's got that look now. Now no one's gonna mess with him. Because right, again, you're right. He's an he, intimidating presence. He looks intimidating, but he really isn't. He has the power. He's in that powerful position, like Juan was, yeah. um, where he he's able to direct people here and there. But because he looks intimidating, people give him respect. Right. It's but not. It, it's but he isn't really. Correct. Yeah. Because um, that's not who he is. That is that is core identity as a person. Yeah. He he wasn't raised to fight. No. He, I mean, every every, except for one instance, every scenario in which he's been either in a fight or in danger, he runs away. Um, you know, as as a kid, the bullies are hara- chasing him, harassing him. He runs and hides out in a drug hole. Um, you know, he doesn't necessarily run away from uh, Kevin, his friend. Um, or the bullies around school, but he takes the punishment. Yeah, he stands there and listens to the punish. He takes it. He doesn't fight back, but he he doesn't do anything about it. He takes it. Um, the only instance is at the end of high school. He walks into his uh, biology class, picks up a chair, <laughs> and just smashes it. What was his name? Over it's uh, Tyrell. Oh, okay. Or Tyrell, Tyrell smashes it into his back. Uh, yeah. Twice, breaks the chair. Yeah. <laughs> so strong back. <laughs> but like that's the one moment where we see real physical aggression coming from yeah, Chiron. From Chiron, yeah. Because he's had enough. He snaps. He's like, I'm. Done. And of you course, because he get a, he gets arrested. Yeah, because yeah, of course. Because uh, before, I mean, the scene before he he. Kevin and him share a a special moment together on the beach. Yes. Um, where for one instance of the two where Chiron is actually understood and he's connected with another person other than like um Juan or uh Teresa um or his mom at the end. Because, um, yeah, because the sequences in the beginning and the middle of the film, we see Teresa and Juan, who act as like surrogates, uh, mother and father to yeah. to Chiron, because again, he has no father in his life. Um, we don't know if he's like dead or in jail. I guess it's implied that he's in, he's either dead. I don't know. It's not really made clear, but he's not in the picture. Yeah, and then his mother who. We we see when we first see her, she seems to be a, a pretty responsible woman who has a job. She's pretty secure. She's a nurse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she's you know she's mad that Chiron is with this type of guy Juan, who's like she can clearly tell that he's a, like a drug dealer or whatever. Yeah. Um, by the way he dresses, the car he drives, um, you know, exactly whatever. And but Chiron doesn't really he doesn't really speak you know in the film as a whole no he's very quiet he's very quiet uh he's he's a man of few words 
and it's hard to hard, it's hard for the characters to get him to say anything at all. Right. It it really takes a lot of effort uh for them to make him say anything. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Um but regardless, I mean, Chiron goes back to Juan and Teresa as like a refuge um to away from his mother because we find out that his mother is a drug addict. Yes. Um and, and she falls into prostitution because of the drug use. Yeah. She's no longer able to work at the hospital. Yeah. So she then falls into prostitution. Yeah. Which is, you yeah. know, fall from grace of strain on the family, strain on the house. Yep. You know, like it, we start out in the beginning, Chiron's able to wander and go and you know, he runs away and he hides in the drug hole and he gets ends up going to Juan and Teresa's house. But his mom his mom is a nurse. I I assume nurse. A because of the shirt, mm-hmm. B her name tag says medical center. So yeah. I assume she's at least a nurse, well trained, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But she's probably working fifty, sixty hours a week, trying to make enough money to, you know, support the two of them and the house and everything that they need to get going. Which means that she doesn't have much time when she's home with him. Yeah. Which which creates that whole stripe. Okay, I've got nobody home with me. I, I'm left to my own devices. I get to do um, whatever I can or whatever I yeah. want. He ends up going away. Oh, strong male role model. Not really. Mm-hmm. Not really a positive thing. Oh, you sell the, the, the same things that well, my mother is hooked on. I mean, it's interesting because the interactions that Juan and Chiron have, they're all positive. There's no moment where it's negative. Except at the end. Yeah. Where Chiron asks, "Hey, do you sell you sell drugs?" And Juan is crying because he's he's hurt, you know, that he does that. Yeah. But it's like he he you can tell that he doesn't really have much of a choice, uh, considering the opportunity. Again, this is the context, right? It's important to know uh, for Black Americans, considering the centuries and centuries of of. Uh, subjugation oppression that they've been you know they've they've dealt with in this country um you know the lack of opportunities right that are still uh affecting generations today um yeah as you see it in in this film i mean it's because they get i think there's a lot of stuckness a lot of circular results because there's no way to break this circle right yeah, it's a circle of abuse, a uh, cycle of poverty. Yes. Yeah. Because they go hand in hand. You know, the 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 huge thing here that I think is important, both Chiron and Kevin have spent time in prison. Right. Yeah. Between um high school and growing up, they both have spent time in prison. It doesn't really matter what for. I'm not sure if they explicitly say Oh, I was in for X, Y, Z, but they be because they were in prison again. There was this disruption to life. There's this break, and you get one or two things out of it. Sharon can say, "Okay, I'm in a. I hardened up. I built myself up physically so that no one would mess with me." Kevin was like, "Okay, I come out." Kevin, the whole point is he has a life. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's talking about splitting custody of, of of a kid he's got a girl um he's like he's 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 living but he's taking joy in it 
he's he's working he's learning to be a chef or a cook mm-hmm. at a restaurant he's found the little ways to kind of improve his life that are more healthy i would say than than selling drugs um i mean like one thing that i i i, I love about this is the costuming of Chiron as he grows up because when he's little he's wearing white there's a lot of scenes of him with white mm. you know he's got a white undershirt on at the beach he's sleeping in one in Teresa's home with a white white uh, sheets and white blinds mm. uh, he's he's covered in this kind of purity because he's still innocent he's yeah. still got that little um, hint of you know he's himself he is pure, he's normal, he's uncorrupted. And then we go to high school. In high school, everybody, everybody's got on the same kind of thing. It's a mix of blue. Chiron's is like a, a, a teal, kind of like, um, gosh, I don't, e- I don't even know the different types of colors that I would say, but like, he's got checked patterns. He's got like plaid. blue and yellow and white, all kind of mixed together. So it's, 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 he's picking up, you know, you could say, okay, he's picking up marks of the people that he's been spending time with, picking up the bullies, picking up Juan, picking up his mother, um, any of that. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's collecting it as he goes on and it's, it's, it's wearing down on him. You've got that, those marks of, you know, corruption, those, uh, innocence has been kind of stripped away. Yeah. But then we grow, we, we move into phase three, black. He's only seen in all black. You know, black, um, like Under Armour shirt, tight fitting, black pants. He does not, he's not wearing color. No. And I think that that marks his fall into that, that cycle again. Because if we go back, the first time we see Juan, Juan is in all black. No, he's not. He's not? No, he's, he's wearing got, like a very colorful shirt. He's got the black jacket later on. Oh, no, you're right. No, he's yeah, he's wearing yeah. white. But at least when he presents uh, him back at the house, he's wearing all black. He's got at least the black do-rag on. No, he's not. He's wearing the same thing. Because he doesn't do it the same day. He changes. No, no, he doesn't. He's not wearing black. I, don't I remember. Right. I don't think he is. Whatever. Here, look. Just find it. Find it. I'm... I, 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 again, I will argue though that this is the cost, that this, the, these choices are deliberate because then you, we, we look at Kevin as a parallel. Yeah, it's, a, it's he's like blue he, and white. He's also got the blue in, in high school. He's yeah. got the blue, the blue, the gray, that sort of thing. But he's, he's, he's kind of fixed himself up a little bit for the third, the, the third act. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's happy, he's clean, he's working as a cook, and, the shirt that we see him in is white, pure white, yeah. clean white. And then the blue he changes into when he's home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So it's that he's he's kind of clear of that. I mean, he's not rich. He's not rolling in it. No. It's not. He's still poor. It's not so incredibly easy to be him and live his life. But he's out of that circle. Because since since he's not you know selling drugs, he's likely in all likelihood not going to go back to prison, which means he can save up money, 
which means he might be able to afford a larger house, which means he might be able to afford better school for his child. And that kid might be able to go to a better uh, a school or a, a college and get an advanced degree. And then that kid could can raise up above where Kevin is. And they can have this sort of elevation mm. just based on staying clean or staying out of prison or staying supportive. And that's hard to do when you're surrounded by the same thing for yeah. your entire life. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I love the idea of 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 color kind of indicating you know how wh- where a person stands right. in their 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 stages of, you know, maturity, growing up, understanding kind of what's going on yeah okay he does wear black in that scene there we go you're right aha (laughs) see (laughs) after after the afterson episode see i get one right yeah yeah you're right you're right (laughs) thank god i always thought you always was wearing the same type of clothes the same like collared shirt and jeans or whatever pants he's got that nice pattern i do right i'll be honest i would probably that shirt yeah the shirt that he wears in the beginning is pretty dope i would wear some of his clothes yeah um and then and then there's a a beautiful scene that they also have together, Chiron and Juan, when Juan is teaching Chiron how to swim. Yes. That's so God, it's so powerful. It's so it's so good. Um I love it. And and you know, Juan is has a genuine moment of joy where he's like laughing and smiling and whatnot. Same same as Chiron. Um, but I think Juan is, he's, he feels really connected, uh, to Chiron as like a son. Um, I'm gonna and, go, oh, and I think, yeah. I think that's why, cause, cause Juan sees, um, Chiron's mom at his like spot where yeah. his, his, uh, liaison deals drugs or whatever. And, uh, he confronts her and she basically tells him like, you know, what you're doing is bad too. Are you gonna raise my son? Is yeah, I think what the big line that she says. Because oh my goodness. Yeah, because she's like you know. You're you're just as bad as I am. Right. Yeah. And you, then, you think you're better. Than and, me? Then, and then she's and then she says, "Don't give me the poor excuse like, hey, I gotta get it from somewhere, you know." And you could tell he's like, yeah, she makes a point. She does make a good point. And then it's just compounded when Chiron asks him. If if you uh, deal drugs, yeah, or sell drugs rather, yeah, um, it's it's tragic. It's tragic because it's like I, you know, obviously, Juan probably if he had the choice, he would definitely do something else. Exactly. You think he wants? You think he, he doesn't want to deal drugs? He clearly doesn't want to. He doesn't like it. Growing up, he definitely wasn't like, hey, yeah, mom, yeah, I'm gonna I'm be a drug dealer. I want to do this. Yeah, you think you think every, yeah, every person in the world's like, yeah, I want to be a drug dealer. Like, yeah, I want to be Pablo Escobar. Like, yeah, no. like, no, I don't think people want to. I think people get sucked into the idea, and or 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 they do it out of necessity. Yeah, they do. It, yeah, they do it out of necessity. That's like, exactly why. Some people work at a gas station. Other people end up. Selling drugs or supplying drugs, yeah, providing that kind of uh, influence because because they're poor, they don't have 
the same opportunities as other people in the in this country you know um yeah again like i mentioned with the the centuries of oppression subjugation that black americans have had to deal with um for their entire existence on this country it's like you know obviously they're going to be a step below than others right yeah um and I mean, I know the f- the film isn't gonna go. It doesn't really go into like the materialistic uh, analysis lens at, at all. Really, it's just kind of there in the background. Um, there's other films that kind of do that better, like Menace to Society, um, which is not the same type of thing. I mean, I know Barry Jenkins, like his, it could tell his influences of with this particular film, like Wong Kar Wai. Um, the you know the hon- new Hong Kong new wave uh, filmmaker, um, and then like the nineties um, black hood films or I don't there's like a specific name for those types of movies like Menace Society Boys Boys in the Hood, mm-hmm. uh, those those type of movies. Um, yeah, but this this is like a new a new unique take on on that on that thing. Yeah. And if you want me to go a little bit further on that costuming note, whenever um, Juan is with Chiron when he's little, because that's, that's only where he is, mm-hmm. obviously, but um, he's wearing some form of white. When yeah. When he first meets him, he's got the white pants. Uh, when he's taking him swimming, he's got the white undershirt. It's, yep. some, he's trying to be a good role model. He's trying to express that. And if he doesn't express it verbally, if he doesn't express it, um, you know, physically, it's in the subtext. And I, 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 I always, I always hear that from you know a number of different acting professors, a number of different like theater people. Oh, it's in the subtext. It's in the subtext. What the heck's the subtext? The subtext is what no, nobody actually says, but it's what's what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Like what 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 does the character actually think? What is the character actually doing? Because we don't ever hear we don't hear Juan go into a deep monologue about I got into this life because and I've been working hard too and this is what I believe and this is how I love and this is how I feel. Right. We don't do this. We're we have to draw that out from different ways. We have to draw that out from how he treats Chiron. We have to draw that out from uh, how he behaves towards his mother. Um, Chevron's mother, that is, and we have to draw that out based on you know the other aspects: what he's wear, what he's wearing, how he's shot, how with the camera. Just to clarify, there, how he's <laughs> how he's framed. There, that's a better word. Well, it's not really a better word. How he's how he is shown on the camera. Yeah, but we have to um, we have to use all of that information to draw on who this guy is and you are completely right he does not want to be doing what he's doing no but he doesn't really have a choice yeah yeah you're exactly right yeah I had oh, a- oh and in the final scene that uh he's in juan he's wearing a white t-shirt darn right yeah yeah and there was one other thing that i was i was looking at i was looking to try and uh pick out i i think I want to come back to the uh, the toxic masculinity aspect yeah. of the film and how it addresses you know manliness and power and that sort of thing. The I think a lot of shots 
in which there's more than one people or a person, more than one people, uh, where there's a relationship between two or more people. It centers around, or the camera focuses more on the person who has the power in that relationship. There's a scene, like if there are two people, mm. there's a scene when Chiron is little and mom is reprimanding him. Camera stays on mom. Mm. Now, you usually, you know, a lot of people go back and forth. Yeah, oh, you're, sp forth. you're speaking, you're yeah. on camera. You're yeah. speaking, you're back on camera. Yeah. Um, Jenkins sticks with the um, the one person who's been who is uh in the power. Um, the 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 biggest example that I remember was um, Terrell, the bully in high school. He's got this posse surrounding Chiron. He's telling Kevin, or he's gonna basically make Kevin prove himself as a man and beat up Chiron. Yep bad scenario but the camera camera never focuses on chiron camera never never worries about how he's feeling the camera doesn't check back in on him unless terrell is like putting his hands on him or something or kevin is punching him the camera always stays out focusing at the people who've got the power it follows terrell as he walks around the circle it follows kevin as he's getting ready to punch and as he's getting ready to you know knock his friend out essentially um like i think i think it does uh, an excellent excellent job of cuz that's one of the, again one of those subtle ways that we 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 tell you hey by the way this is what it's really about because you know in a in a musical you've got that that underlying musical line that would tell you okay this is what um this is what they're really meaning. This is what they're really saying. Oh, this is that motif from earlier where he says oh, he mm -hmm. wants to be free. Oh, he's not mm -hmm. saying that with his words, but he's lying because characters lie, but mm -hmm. the music doesn't. Yeah. That's what's cool about musicals. Watch a musical once in your life, Tristan. Damn. I have. Okay. I have seen one. All right, cool. I've seen multiple. All right, cool. Umbrella's a shoreboard from Jacques Demy. Come see every <laughs> Every line is sung. Ooh. It kind of gets a little annoying, but anyways. Continue. All right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but and it's in French. But you know, take this out. I wasn't paying too much attention to the score in Moonlight, but the cinematography helps again with that subtext. It shows more. What are we? Why? Why are we focusing on this? Why are we focusing on the bully instead of? The victim isn't the victim the main character haven't we been growing up with the main character mm. why are we focusing not on the main character here power dynamics yeah heck yeah like ah uh, gosh it does it a lot with um when he's with Teresa at the house right camera sticks to her yeah because she's like a mother she's got that authority mm -hmm. she's trying to you know coax responses out of out of Chiron uh how was your day what are you doing in school uh, how old are you? Where are you from? Especially like that first scene, and, yeah. as well as when he's in high school. Yeah. You know, she's trying to trying to get that out. She's the powerful one in that relationship. Mm -hmm. she, she's got the the skills to you know kind of draw that out of him, but the camera doesn't share. 
it doesn't switch back and forth between the two. It stays focusing at the person who's got the more power or the more stature. Yeah. And then at the end, you know, when, when, when Kevin and Sharon are together in Kevin's little apartment, the camera does switch back and forth mm-hmm. between the two way more often than not. Yeah. Now it's one of the big, it's one of the few first like conversations or one of the few conversations that are had in the film. Like a lot of this is people talking at or around everybody. Cause as you said earlier, Chiron does not talk much, but with that final kind of conversation, that interaction between the two of them, you're going again, you're going between the two. Oh, they have equal power. There's, there's mutual respect. There's, there's love certainly mm-hmm. between the two. And I, I do say more than just platonic love as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of just a validation of Sharon where he is. He doesn't have to be buff to get respect. He just needs to be around people that respect him mm-hmm. for who he is as a person, not just based on the way he looks, not this guy could break me if I cross him. It's I respect you as a person, right? as a human. Yeah. And also, too, the other, uh, the way that the conversation, the last conversation that um, we see of between Sharon and his mom and when he's uh, an adult, uh, it kind of cuts back and forth a lot more. Because um, as we see, her, his mom is in, um, in like a rehab center mm-hmm. and she's clearly a lot better mentally and physically she's just on a better uh state of mind she's off of drugs and she's not doing that anymore and they have a a nice moment together as well right when she basically just apologizes for the way that she treated him mm-hmm. as uh, when he was younger yeah and yeah he certainly uh accepts that apology because but, what's that? sorry but doesn't he say that he hates her no, she says that you're allowed to hate me, or you're like. Mm. I think I think he said that. When did he say that? I think he said that when he was a high when he was in high school. I think. I think. No, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I remember when he says it. He says it when he was a kid. He does. Yeah. Okay. Because he because after she yells at him. Right in the beginning. Like in the first act, the first act, mm-hmm. when when she yells at him, when the she had the guy over at at her apartment, and oh. Chiron goes back to Teresa and Juan's house. No, he yeah, says, right. "I hate my mom." You're right. And then uh, Juan says, "I did, I did too." Yeah, no, you're right. He, and then he tells him, "Oh, yeah, I re- you know, I regret not, y- you know." Sp- being or loving my mom and whatever. Yeah, and coming coming to love his mother is that journey at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Because at the end, he's he forgives his mom for what she did to him when he was a child or when he was younger. You know, not not giving him the love that he 
deserved from his mother as she said you know i was i was being a terrible mom and i wasn't doing uh, my job as a good parent right being there for you or not but like you know yeah it's uh, the last the last oh man the Good last heavens the last sequence yeah or the last act i should say is um a l- very different from the rest of the film cuz Sharon's actually kind of talking well sort of <laughs> i mean it's not it's not su- most of it's not super emotional but no well at least there's a conversation well, going on you're right i mean but there's both between there's one between Sharon and his mother he talks with Kevin like longer than Hey, what's up? Nothing much. What's up with you? They go past that. <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit more, you know, substance to what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yo, uh, yeah, by the way, Chiron had to drive from Atlanta to Miami to see him. So there's that. And he just did. Because uh, Kevin called him out of the blue um, for yeah. really no parent. I mean, he said... Kevin said that he was reminded of him because he heard a song. I don't know what the name of the song is. I don't know who it's by. I got it. It's Hello Stranger, Barbara Lewis. Okay. Yeah, he heard that song at, at the restaurant that he works at, and he was reminded of uh, a Chiron, so he called him. And Chiron showed up. Now, now that is what happens. But, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that word again because I'm just so happy I get to use it now. <laughs> so The subtext is... <laughs> <laughs> they love each other. Yeah. Or at least uh, at yeah. least Sharon loves Kevin. Yeah. Because now I, I I'm I'm going to use this again. I don't know about you. Uh. But you see, I probably wouldn't drive like 6 hours just to see <laughs> if I didn't care at all. <laughs> I you know, chances are I wouldn't go that far to do anything for anybody if I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, and it's not like a duty based thing either. It's not like okay, he has to go to Miami. No, therefore, oh, I'm just oh, he'll drop by because it's his duty. Like I know, I I've driven from Buffalo. I've driven to Syracuse to pick up my sister and then drive her back home. Mm. Just yeah. But that, I've done it, that before. That's, that's that's two hours both yeah, ways. Yeah, I was gonna say that's not. That's like two hours both ways. Yeah. But it's not. Be, it's not because like oh, I could have chosen to drive to Syracuse. It was I was asked to do so. Yeah. Drive to Syracuse. Get your sister. <laughs> <laughs> Dad's gone. Mom's going to Albany. Go to Syracuse and get your sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I mean, I was. I I, I did it. Right. I, I'm not gonna like complain, but yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's not like I was I was choosing it. it that was mm. duty released or duty based. This is he, he he could say, you know what? Cool, Kevin called. I don't really want to see him. I don't care. I'm gonna stay in Atlanta and do absolutely nothing, which would be really really boring. It'd be a really boring end of the movie. But no, because he loves him, I'm gonna drive. Six hours. Six hours to, see to the guy. Miami to see this dude I haven't seen in ten years. Ten years. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Kevin knows. I mean. Oh yeah. He's just he's Kevin. I mean, like he says, he's shocked that he's Chiron is the way that he is. Yeah. You know, 
a trapper, as he as he eloquently puts it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna just dazzle you with the lyrics of the song that that Kevin hears mm. to think of Chiron. Ready? <clears throat> Hello, stranger. It seems I'm I'm cutting out a lot of the uh, backing because it's kind of a doo wop song. Mm. Uh, it seems so good to see you back again. How long has it been? Oh, it seems like a mighty long time. I'm so glad you stopped by to say hello to me. Remember, that's the way it used to be. Oh, it seems like a mighty long time. Uh, and then we, second verse. Oh, if you're not going to stay, please don't tease me like you did before because I still love you so, although it seems like a mighty long time. Very sweet. Yeah. It's in the subtext, guys. Yeah, the Come subtext. on. Hey, hey, if you take nothing away from listening to the Cinematic Odyssey this week, it's in the subtext. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really have much else to say about it. I mean... Uh, it's a very powerful film oh, that deconstructs uh, masculinity, um, both toxic and non- uh, toxic aspects of it uh, and I guess trying to navigate as a I mean I guess the 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 experiences that he had just being gay is certainly um, experienced by a lot of gay people regardless if they're black or not totally uh, you know being bullied and, and all that uh and then compounded on the fact that he's black as well. There's that aspect to it as well, you know. But um, yeah, I think it's a wonderful film. I think Barry Jenkins and the whole cast and crew have killed it on this one. And Agreed. It, and it's not. It's not like the way that the film is structured narratively is not your traditional kind of movie. Which, I mean, I'm all for. Yeah, uh, it's kind of plotless in a way. There's yeah. not really a plot. It's just kind of meander. The camera's meandering about observing it's, his life. It's the scenes that matter, arranged in a way that 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 demonstrates story. Like mm-hmm. I saw that. I saw that review. I read that review that you liked of Moonlight. Uh, I From saw Darren Carver Balsinger. Yeah, yeah. Saw yeah, they yeah. mentioned. Um, yeah, some about Wong Kar Wai. Edward Yang yeah, was the Edward big Yang. one that I noticed mm. in there because I'm like, oh, hey, I know who that guy is. Yeah, that's right. Yee yee. And <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you're, you're right. It just follows life. It's not making something grand of it, but these are the important moments. These are the big moments in Chiron's life. Cool. Yeah. Like I, I I can't gush about this film enough. I really really liked it. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, I'm with you, hundred percent. I mean, I I I I'm calling it. I'm calling it now. That this is gonna sit in my at least my top ten. Uh-huh. I don't know how many how much I'm what I'm gonna see, the rest of the year, but this is sitting for sure like in my top ten of the year, come December. Mm. Like I will. I, I would put money on that. I think it'll be hard to beat this, frankly. Okay. Like, I, I, I was impressed. Again, it's the same thing. Like, my my favorite musical follows this kind of exact same pattern. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's, it's that setup. It's that thing that, ooh, I'm bound to love it. 
because it's okay. We're gonna we're gonna uh, make these really really specific details about this one person that you most most people can't really relate to at all because not not many people are all of these things at the same time. But oh yeah. oh, there's this piece. Oh, people can relate to that. Oh, I can relate right. to this. Oh, and then we're gonna show an evolution, or then we're gonna show you know characterization. We're gonna show maturity. We're gonna show growth. We're gonna show all of these dimensions that you know we never would have thought of before. And we're like, oh, okay. And then I I just I I, I love it, and I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. And you know, if there if there were a film. Of falsettos, I mean, there's a pro shot of the, the the musical revival from 2016. I would say, hey, Tristan, want to watch falsettos? <laughs> <laughs> it's good musical. <laughs> Wait, it's a film or is it a play? It is a musical, but it was uh, professionally shot for PBS oh, in see. 2016. Oh, I see. So it's HD. Think of, well, think of when Hamilton, you say when you say musical, I'm thinking like a film. It's per- it's performed on stage. Oh, okay. So they're doing it live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Live. <laughs> Do it live. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, those. Uh, gosh, I've got a lot of recommendations for the for the listeners this week. You know, it's all in the subtext. Watch falsettos or listen to falsettos because it's mostly sung through. So if you just listen to the cast album, you can uh, you can get most of the story. Mm. I mean, it's. Good to look, good to look, watch it too. Right. Then you know what? I'll watch it with you. You know what? Here, you know, I'll just I'll just go around to everybody who wants to. Just let me know. Uh, go to odyssey.of.cinema on Instagram. Let me know if you want to see falsettos because I'd be happy to watch that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seamless transition. By the way, with it being, um, with us approaching the academy awards i've been knocking off a ton of films on my list Mm. to go and see them i've been uh, what i'm going to try to do is rate them every saturday what i've seen Uh, okay what i've seen in the past week and be like okay this was good this was subpar this was abysmal and torturous and no one should ever watch blonde on netflix again i don't know why you watch that i on well it was for mostly for ana de armas She's nominated for Best Actress, so I'm like, okay, oh. let, let's go in there and okay. see it. And she does a great job. Her voice bothers me. <laughs> like, it, uh, she doesn't sound... It, it, it's not an impression. She's not doing an imitation of Marilyn Monroe, which is nice. But yeah. the way that she was directed to keep her voice, no matter when she's speaking, it always sounds like she's trying to seduce whoever she's talking to. Mm. It doesn't sound confident and doesn't sound bold it doesn't sound strong and if I, I looked up past clips of how Marilyn Monroe speaks she spoke like a like a person like a regular like person. she could speak strongly she spoke yeah. with attitude and power I mean they use clips uh dubs over her of her singing she sings stronger than she speaks in this film mm. and yeah that was that was she sung no, uh, it's they like re-shot. It was basically like reshooting her a music video no, for no, Marilyn no. Monroe. Marilyn Monroe actually sung. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. You, you ever heard the song uh, "Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend"? No. She's sung a version of that. Oh. A kiss on the hand. Because I know that's not what she was famous for. No. No, she was a model. 
Right. Yeah. But she was an actress as well. Then I, actress for uh, yeah, film. Yeah, that I know. Um, but yeah, she also did sing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm I, shocked that you saw that. I, I, <laughs> you know, I, I don't regret many things in life. I do regret that. Yeah, you, I. That's, again, that's, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm different. I would. I if I know. That's something I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna watch it. Well, also, I, let's let's unless look at, it's like The Room or something or Cat in a Hat. <laughs> How dare you, Cats 2019? No. The um, <laughs> saw that in theaters. I can't believe it. The um, yeah, why'd you watch that? Because <laughs> I could. <laughs> the <laughs> why would you waste your time? No, but think of it like this. Think of it like this. I'm 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 saturating my palate, right? I uh, I need to know. Yeah, you need to know what bad film looks like, so you so you appreciate better film yeah. more. You know what's funny? That whole <laughs> attitude. You know what's funny? I watched Blonde the night after Moonlight, so like less than twenty four hours after finishing Moonlight, You're a movie like, that I absolutely loved, gave five out of five. Yeah. I'm like bam, I watched Blonde and thought, dang it. Yeah, you <laughs> you were like, dang, I wish I was watching Moonlight yet. My. <laughs> Just, just sound effect. Sigh. Exhales that's heavily. On, that's on you, my It guy. is. That is on me. But you know what? I got. I got. I got through it. I got through it. I made it. It's like willingly watching an M Night Shyamalan film. That's not uh, the Sixth Sense. <sighs> <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna leave it there. I'm just gonna. <sighs> oh, you're an M Night Shyamalan fan? No. <laughs> Okay. I was big, big, big old sigh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh, I though I do want to I do want to uh, say one say one more thing mm. just about the stuff that I saw this past week. Mm. Um. That was fun. Uh, I want to I want to shout out um again just for fun Stephen McKinley Henderson. We've talked about him before. He is he's in a lot of oh, movies. That we, oh 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 yeah 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 yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's that's the that's the reaction he gets a lot. Um, he uh, I was watching Causeway with uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Brian Tyree Henry. He's fantastic in that. I I mm. do really like his performance. But you know I just hear this guy's voice in the do- in the doctor's office with Jennifer Lawrence, and I'm like, I know that voice. <laughs> and he turns around and I gasp and I'm like, <gasps> It's him. It's him. And I was I was so surprised because I didn't know he was in it. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. This is really cool. And I'm I'm, I'm watching his performance, and it's really really great, really really subtle, mm. which is so solid. Mm. But the entire time I was watching the movie, I was like, this could just be a play, set in a mechanics shop. No. Collaborate with we'll collaborate with Play to Z and have you know, Justin say, oh, we're gonna set it in one location, <laughs> <laughs> like um. Oh, I gotta watch Twelve Angry Men. That's a classic that I need yeah. to see. Have you heard of that film? Oh, I have. Okay. And then it's a bottle. And then My Dinner with Andre. Have you heard of that? I've not. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but the Fifth Sense. The Fifth Sense. Or wait, no, no, no. Fifth Seal. The Fifth Seal. <laughs> not Sense. <laughs> seal. Six, six Senses. Five Seals. The fifth seal. That's that's a film I don't want to see. <laughs> okay. 
What are we watching well, next week, though? Oh, I don't know. Magnolia. Yeah. Why don't you want to coming? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to you. You can do the promotion. Well, we, we we're not gonna edit this out no, because no, I'm planning no, no. it. But coming next week on the Cinematic Odyssey. Yes, it is uh, Magnolia. This was a film that I recently watched, like last year, for the first time. It's a Paul Thomas Anderson film. I mean, you already you already know how I feel about my guy, PTA. He's one of the goats. Um, this was his third film of his career. Came out in 1999 or 98. 99. Came out in 99. It's an anthology work. So essentially it follows a lot of different characters. It's quite long. It's about three hours. Um, and there, it's absurd. So it's it's a little absurd. It's not really like many of his other works. Um, in that sense, some of the characters are well. All of the characters have their own little quirks. I mean, Tom Cruise plays a uh, um, what would you call it? A pickup artist incel, motivational speaker guy. <laughs> <laughs> His character's hilarious. Didn't know where you were going. With that. <laughs> it's like you're on your own. <laughs> and he has daddy issues. Spectacular. Uh, yeah. It also has Philip, the late C- Philip Seymour Hoffman in it. Um, Julianne Moore's in it. Mm. Um, um, Nothing to Will- see. William H. Gacy, I think. Macy? Macy? Gacy? Macy. Is it Macy? Macy. William, William H. Macy? Whatever his name is. <laughs> but either way, I mean, it's PTA. It's a freaking masterpiece. Um, okay, maybe it's not a masterpiece, but it's five out of five for me. Uh, it's incredible, one of his best works. And uh, yeah, that's watch next it. week. Watch it, watch it before the episode next week, please. You will not be disappointed. At least that's what he says. Yeah, whatever, man. I'm I'm just I'm we're just... gonna <laughs> yeah whatever, bro. We'll we'll probably have a guest too. Ooh, yeah. Special, special guest. guest, special guest Declan will if be you... on the show. If you'd like to be a special guest or request a movie for us to discuss on the Cinematic Odyssey, reach out to us at odyssey.of.cinema <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> what? <laughs> I said sorry, Griffin. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because he texted me, skin him a rink? No. <laughs> uh, I'll add the disclaimer on the on the, on the the end of that. Uh, the Cinematic Odyssey reserves all right to decline your request. Yes. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Also, it works around our schedule, Don't not say, yours. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> we are so sorry, but no, we are um, unf- unflappable. <laughs> no Marvel movies. I feel like that kind of they get the vibe. They know. Yeah, no they Marvel know what they're movies. doing. What do you mean? Gotta see Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. <laughs> Bruh. Or Cocaine Bear. No. Kind of want to see that. <laughs> Anyways. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Anyways, Anyways. odyssey.ofcinema on Instagram. Yes. That's where you can find everything. You can find what Max thought of what he saw. You can find, you know, the post to say, oh, by the way, a new episode is out. Or you could just, you know, subscribe to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or, or whatever wherever, you listen to. Wherever it. you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Um, Appreciate all those that listen. Yes. Thank you very much. Oh, you indeed. guys are the best. Yeah. The, um, uh, ba ba ba. 
you can also um again you know comment let us know oh do this movie do this movie uh and we would we would honestly we would offer guest positions as well if you if you're interested in yeah that. yeah just let us know on yeah. the on the gram Got, and yeah or text uh, us or something there was a lot of interest with the um with Aftersun as well. So uh, there thank, was. Thank you, yes. uh, two of my friends, Keely, Elise. Thank you for watching the movie and then listening to the podcast, nice. dedicating nice. three hours of your time. Nice. I appreciate that greatly. Nice. We love to see that. We yeah. love to hear about that. I mean, thank you very much. Yes. All right. Well, that's it from us. Thank you for listening. Uh, tune in next week. Magnolia, Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, great, great film. This has been the Cinematic Odyssey here on U92 The Moose, WWVU FM, Morgantown 91.7 FM. Thank you for tuning in. See you guys next week.